adding value to them has nothing to do with me. So if someone came came to me and said, hey, I'm into Airbnbs, I'm not into Airbnbs, but I may know someone into Airbnbs. I'm like, hey, you need to talk to Jack. Let me connect you with him. And then maybe I'll give him a, um, a warm introduction via email. This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, our guest is Adam Beckstead. Adam is a real estate investor based in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He currently has a portfolio of 210 units spread across a syndication and then a portfolio of units that he has acquired off market in his local area. And we're going to get into how he acquired those units, how he got those deals, and the skills that you need to replicate that process. We're going to talk about the importance of giving back, the importance of networking, how you can get out there and build and improve your networking skills, and just so much more. It was a great conversation with Adam. I hope you enjoy it. He's a very nice guy. He's been on a lot of other shows. He's got a great brand. He's got a lot of great investments going on, and I'm sure you'll enjoy listening. Without further ado, here's the show. Adam, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm excited for this conversation. We're going to talk about networking, giving back, all the great things. You know, first, your your kind of thesis when we were talking before was about the value in giving back in real estate, giving back to others. Can you tell us about you know your experience giving back and, and why others should be focused on that in their own real estate investments? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it all boils down to a abundance or scarcity mindset. And I live by the abundance mindset and that goes along with so many different things in life, but giving back to people has um, given me so much in return. I feel like everything I give back, I get back at least twofold. And I really went into real estate with a um, refreshed outlook on the industry. As I um, come into real estate um, really heavy in 2016, I was leaving a previous industry, and that was an automotive industry. And it's very scarcity mindset, no matter where you turn in that industry. So coming into the real estate industry, um, some things that a lot of people say that throw them off is how willing people are to share their secrets with you, to help you and um, to move forward. And it's almost a, um, uh, a cautionary thing to people because they it's so abnormal that people are sharing all this information with you. So I feel like it kind of came natural naturally to me and um, I've been enjoying it even from the very beginning before I even started buying property I was trying to help others because I have a very wide business background and I feel that a lot of people get hung up on the business side of you know they don't know oh I need an LLC I don't understand this I'm not good at accounting and that they use that as a hang up so I was using even from the very beginning using my business background to help people um, get rid of some of their worries. And um, I don't know, do you want me to keep going into a lot of the different things that I do to give back right now? Or Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, okay. I think it's great to go down the list. <clears throat> okay. So currently I help co-host a local meetup with a buddy of mine and we get between 60 to 70 people that show up. It's once a month and it's a pretty good turnout and we get a wide range of people. We tend to always get new people showing and I really enjoy the questions when they come to me, um, the value that I can give back. 
And I find that as I give stuff back, I'm almost learning when I teach people myself. And that's, that's pretty awesome when you can do something like that. Um, so we have the meetup once a month. I also am somewhat close to some people and do some little bit of mentorship. And it's just kind of a, hey, we're friends and you're trying to get into the industry or you're trying to learn stuff. Feel free to contact me. I meet with them for lunches and just help them further their career in real estate. I also um, had started a YouTube channel and something that's very hard to stay with because very similar. I'm sure you can relate to podcasts because you have to constantly keep churning out new content, new content. But I wanted to start that channel to not only give back in real estate, but also the um, vast knowledge of investing and just business side of things. And I wanted to share that with people on YouTube. So I started a YouTube channel um, to do that. Um, Let's see, I've given back several other ways. I just told you quite a few others before now I'm blanking on it. So let's see, what else do I do? Well, I, you know, I think we can, we can start with that. I mean, I'll comment. I, I host a meetup myself in, I'm based in Richmond, Virginia, once a month, multifamily and commercial real estate investors, anybody in the area near Richmond, you're welcome to join us. It's a lot of fun. And, and I totally agree with you. It is a lot of fun. Um, but the, the giving nature of people in the real estate industry that you mentioned is a hundred percent there. It's very true that real estate is, it's a unique industry and people will tell you pretty much a hundred percent of what they're doing and their, their strategy that's making them millions of dollars. Now they, they might not sit down with you for free and give you a month long course on what they're doing, but they're not going to hide anything, any of the details from you about uh, what they're doing necessarily. And that's very unique compared to any other industry, really, if you're in, you know, like industrial sales or something like that, or automotive distribution or or what have you, it's, there's, it's all just very cloistered. So real estate is a very giving industry and that's great when you're brand new. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some, some of us that give back so much, get a lot of flack from some people in real estate. They're like, what are you doing? You're creating competition, you're giving away secrets, uh, not necessarily giving away secrets, but you're making it easy on these people. And I like to think that I'm really helping a select few because I know that even if I tell a hundred people exactly how I did it, exactly how they could do it, um, maybe two or three of them are really going to put that into effect. So um, I'm hoping to reach that few select people that will do it. And I'd love for everybody to do it, but in reality, that's real estate and no, no matter what, uh, you tell people how to do something and better themselves, only a select few are actually going to take advantage of it. Absolutely. I mean, this, this stuff is, um, you know, we're, we're out here where we provide this educational content and stuff to, to hopefully you know, help people along and make things easier, but these things don't do themselves. You have to put in the time. I mean, like you said about, you know, the work with hosting your, your YouTube show and we're doing this podcast right now. I mean, it is looking at a clock. It is 748 PM on a Wednesday. And, you know, I don't know what you do with your days, but I have a day job. You know, I worked all day, but, but, you know, work hard and, and work all day and, you know, it pays off in the end. And a lot of people aren't willing to put in that work. So hopefully if you, you know, the giving back part is if you invest that time in providing information to people through the meetup or whatever, 
that the few people that you take advantage of it, you know, you're helping them along. And that's at least a, a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, I do this full time. So this is <laughs> I don't have to worry about leaving my W-2 or going to it. Um, but I still put in a ton of work doing this stuff and um, not to be um, handled lightly. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that, um, you know, as we if we're going to focus on networking here is, you know, you're obviously an expert in networking. You know what you're doing. When you're first getting started, you mentioned you're an introvert. I'm absolutely an introvert, too. I went to school for chemical engineering and I'm a, I am a, a stereotypical engineer, man. I want to sit here with my computer and not do anything. Not right. going, not go talk to anybody, right? So yeah, first those first steps of getting started, getting out there, and and networking can be very difficult for people, especially if you don't know what you're doing. So when you're maybe if you're formulating a plan or some steps or some actionable advice for people to get started as a real estate networker with a purpose, yeah, how do they get started? Okay, so let me start with this, and um, hopefully this will help you out along with many other people. Um, someone told me, um, when I told them I'm an introvert, don't say that because you're, you're convincing yourself that you don't want to communicate with people. Um, say you have introvert tendencies and that's really what it is. You, you're, you tend to be introverted. Um, you can be whatever you want and you can adapt your style. So don't, don't say I'm an introvert. It's just not going to work out because going into this, I did have a lot of introverted tendencies, but I knew that to be successful, I was going to have to push myself to get uncomfortable. I was going to have to do things that um, felt weird to me and awkward. And some things still do feel weird and awkward, but I just push past it. And each time that I push past it, I get better and better and better. And it just comes with repetition. So that's, that's something that you just have to get by when you're, when you're networking. You have to realize that in real estate specifically, not all industries, but I would imagine all industries would benefit from it is networking, pushing yourself to meet new people, pushing yourself to learn new things. Each and every time you do it, you will be rewarded in one way or the other. It may not be something tangible you can hold in your hand, but you will start to hone your skills to be a networker, to be a professional networker. So you can easily go up and talk to somebody that may have intimidated you three, four months ago, or even three, four years ago. Now, the continual steps, you'll be able to just walk right up to that person and start having a conversation. Don't fool yourself. You can you can change the way that you feel and act around people and um, don't give up on yourself. Yeah, I, over time, I've made that shift in myself personally, but it's it's it takes time and it takes work. And you, especially at the beginning, when you're not used to walking up to people who shoot, I mean, my my first you know, syndication related event was a real estate guys event where the real estate guys whose voices you recognize from the real estate guys program, they're right there. Mm -hmm. You just go talk to them and they're super friendly guys, but man, it is intimidating, but you, you got to just do it. And yeah. maybe you're sweating, your palms are sweating. I don't know. Maybe you say something stupid. Who cares? You're learning at, at a baseline. You're learning how to network and put yourself out there and, and grow that skill. So it's very valuable to do that. In reality, they're just like you and I. They have just honed their craft much longer than you and I have. And I mean, there are some people that just have a natural tendency to network and um, go talk to people and just have a natural flow to it. 
But I find that those aren't always the people that are the most successful at it. The people that are really determined are the ones that are the most successful, in my opinion. Okay, so so first we've got our, if we're thinking about this in terms of a process, we've got our mental model in place where, you know, if we've, our tendency is maybe to say, I'm an introvert. Okay, we're not saying I'm an introvert. We're saying yeah. I have introvert tendencies. We're, we're yeah. putting our mental space in the right place first before we go. Yeah. So actionable steps. Once we're there, when we want to, we want to, get out there and and start, I don't know, shaking hands and kissing babies and doing deals and wheeling and dealing. I haven't you know, done, do a, I haven't done a deal steps? with a baby yet, but I'm open to it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's, um, let's, let's think about some steps. So it's real simple. You may overcomplicate in your head, but walk up to someone say, Hey, I don't think we've met before. My name's Adam. What's your name? It's that simple. That's all it takes. Then they talk, you've already broken that icebreaker, and uh, you can go from there. And maybe you realize this is not someone that I'm going to benefit or they're going to benefit me. So, you know, a lot of times there's conversations that you just wrap them up and you move on to the next person. Hey, I'm Adam. I don't think we've met before. And you just start talking to them. And it's that easy. I, I mean, um, I'm sure many people could come up with so many different ways to do it, but it's really just about pushing yourself um, past that fear of looking or sounding stupid. I'm guessing that's what most people are concerned about. But I mean, how many people are there, are there in the world? I got so many different people to think that I'm <laughs> stupid to, to hone my craft and get to the people that finally I'm honed and they're like, oh, well, this guy's not stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And even if um, if you're uh, uh, at least a moderately intelligent person and you're paying attention the whole time, maybe you only look stupid to the first couple people, <laughs> right? And then you know over time, over time you grow that. It, it comes down to being genuine. I mean, you just just go there, be genuine, um, just have a natural thought about learning about them. So a lot of people, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there are some people that love to talk about themselves. I always try to make it a point to not talk about myself. I always want to find out as much information about the other person um, rather than telling them how awesome I am or, you know, what happened in my day or whatever. I, um, I want to learn about them. And if they're generally interested in talking about me, then they'll ask questions about me. And if not, okay, that's great. I learned something about them that maybe the next conversation will be different um, when I meet them. That, that kind of strikes as um, how to win friends and influence people a little bit. And uh, you, you might hear people say that that book is dated or, or what have you, but um, a lot of those things ring true. I mean, as people, we do love talking about ourselves. I certainly do. And that's one of the things that I have to actively try to shut down <laughs> is talking about myself. And maybe that's why I host podcasts. I like talking about myself. <laughs> Okay, so especially when people are getting started, okay, they walk up, they say, "Hey, you know, to use your case, my name's Adam. What's your yeah. name?" Or my method personally is it's even better. People have nickname or uh, have have name tags on, yeah. And you see the name guy's name is Bill. As you walk up, "Hey, Bill, what do you invest in?" Yeah. Or "Hey, Bill, my name's Taylor. What do you invest in?" Yeah. But if people are first getting started, should they go that route? You know, when you've come up with that first question to get the conversation going, trying to learn something. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's even as it. simple as what do you do or do you live in the area? It, it kind of depends on what event you're at. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I did some training and there was a couple of different things when you're having conversations, what you talk with people about. A lot of times the very first thing is talk about family, occupation, recreation. And the last one is an M. I don't, maybe it's married. I don't know what that last, it's mm. form. I don't remember what that M is, but you know, just kind of go through that. Okay, well, we talked about family. You're mentally going through that stuff because um, if you're like me, you kind of, uh, I don't, do a lot of small chit chat. And that's a lot of times when I'm talking with people, I don't have a lot of that chit chat type of stuff like, Hey, how's that weather? I'm not a big sports fan, so I can't talk about uh, baseball or football or soccer. Um, so I, I run out of material there when they start talking about that. I have to be like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't watch sports. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot of good thing is find something that gets you to some commonality something that you can relate to them. So um, maybe you're both wearing the same color shirt or um, if you are into sports, maybe you're both into the Steelers or, you know, just some, some kind of commonality. And a lot of times when someone has some commonality with you, it just opens this floodgate of um, personality where it's just like they feel bonded to you. And then the conversations usually go so much smoother. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we go through this conversation, let's assume we're, we're all reasonably capable of holding a conversation in some form or fashion, or we'll, we'll practice enough. So we're going to get there. If you're not good at this networking thing, that's your homework assignment. You got to practice enough. So you're good at holding the conversation. If we're in this to build relationships with successful investors or maybe potential future partners or what have you, I don't know. How do you close out the conversation and and turn this into a potential business relationship? I mean, you're meeting a person day one. You're not don't don't ever try to close somebody on day right. one. That's so annoying. People hate it. But turning it into a relationship, what do you do there? I'd say it's kind of like dating. You set up that second date as you're ending that conversation, like, hey, I'd love to connect. You know, um, here's my number, or do you have your number or email? We can set something up and connect you know, a, on a follow-up call. So when I go to networking events, a lot of times I'll get um, a stack of business cards. You know, I ended up with like 30, 40 different business cards. I follow up with every single one of those people. I send nice. them an email or I call, um, but typically I send an email and try to set something up if I feel like I can add value to them. And that's in my first conversation, a lot of time I try to figure out how I can add value to them. And maybe adding value to them has nothing to do with me. So if someone came, came to me and said, hey, I'm into Airbnbs, I'm not into Airbnbs, but I may know someone into Airbnbs. I'm like, hey, you need to talk to Jack. Let me connect you with him. And then maybe I'll give him a, um, a warm introduction via email. And then I'm connecting them to the people that they want to be connected with. And that just... Um, doesn't help me in any way other than the fact that I've helped them and maybe someday down the road, they're going to help me. Maybe, but there's a lot of satisfaction in helping people too. Yeah. So there, you get that at least. So great. Do you use any tools in particular to manage those contacts down the road, a, a CRM or something, or how do you do that? So you don't end up with a, an office full of business cards. That would seem ideal, wouldn't it? <laughs> I have yeah. not found a good CRM that works for me 
other than I use MailChimp. So once someone goes to a certain point where um, maybe they're on my investor list or um, I just want to stay in constant contact with them and give them updates about me and my company, um, they'll go into MailChimp where I can email them. Outside of that, it's all been manual for me as far as just keeping a spreadsheet. It's something that is on my um, must-do list. I must get a good um, CRM in order to follow up because, I mean, each time I, I talk to more and more people, um, whether that's uh, connections in real estate or investors, and I, I want to be sure to stay in front of them and um, keep adding as much value as I can to each person. Nice. So as far as the results that that you've generated through all of these networking efforts that you do, how has you know how has this come back to you in you know real figures and not just feel good points? Yeah, um, real figures. Uh, well, right now I have two hundred and ten units. One hundred and seventy four of those are within a syndication that I'm on the GP side. I'm also a key principal in there, uh, meaning I've signed on a loan. So I mean that's real and tangible. My um, so I sold the business back in 2016 in order to get into real estate. Since that time, well, even before now, two years after I sold, so that would be close to almost two years ago now. Uh, I've more than doubled my net worth through real estate. Um, that feels pretty good. Yeah, awesome. So what is that? What what's the balance there of the number of units that you have locally? Yeah, so locally, I, I well, I had 42. I sold off six, so I have 36 locally. Nice. And I plan to actually, because the market's so hot, I do plan to sell some of those off now. So those will start to dwindle a little bit as I roll that money into some of these larger syndication deals that I'm um, taking a part in. Awesome. So how many of those, uh, 42, now 36, and then in the future less because you're repositioning, but how many of those have come about as a result of your networking? Every single one actions. of them. So every, every single, single every single, well, I'll say every, every unit that I have has come from networking. Outside of the syndication, those have all come off-market deals that I've come from networking with people, telling them what I do, telling them what I'm looking for, and the deals present themselves to me. Now, that was a couple of years ago, and it's, I'm sure it's a little harder to get those deals just, oh, that's what you're looking for? I've got some in my back pocket. It just doesn't happen now. Um, but I'm not saying, I shouldn't say it doesn't happen now, but it's fewer and far in between. So um, just telling people what I do, networking with them, going to local meetups. You know, I was going to local meetups before I, I mean, before I was co-hosting my own meetup um, just to meet those people. And even that, even going to that first meeting was kind of was scary. It's all a little bit scary. And, you know, new stuff is scary. But as I'm growing and learning, it feels awesome. So even my syndication, I'll say, is from networking because I would have never come, I would have never been a part of that if I hadn't gone out there, networked, and found the people that I enjoy working with, people that my personality clicks with, um, people that I felt like I genuinely brought value to their team, and they they brought value to me as a team. So I think that um, every single unit out of 210 has been 
directly from networking. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's not, uh, you know, folks want to just, um, especially at the beginning, folks probably they're used to buying their personal residence. Maybe they just want to scour the MLS, go on, you know, realtor.com or redfin.com and look at those deals. But really the best deals are had by getting out there, meeting people face to face who are, you know, really in the trenches in real estate and, and just building that way and, and snowballing over time. I, I would definitely say the hardest way to get into real estate is to go on the MLS or Redfin, Truly, or whatever <laughs> you want to do. That's probably the hardest way to get into real estate and buy good deals. Well, and buy good deals was the additional because you can get into real estate any which way, whether it's smart or not. So yeah. th- I, I do know quite a few people. I talked to some people and they've been looking for like eight months on just listed properties. And I'm like, that's not how you're going to find a deal where your numbers are going to jive. You need to get out of your comfort zone and really search. I mean, if you want to do mailers, do mailers. Um, but why, why, um, if you don't want to be a wholesaler, I don't know if doing mailers for single family homes or even small multifamilies may not work. Um, talk to some wholesalers. You know, wholesalers are great. That's how I got my first property, actually, was a wholesaler. You know, he knew what I was looking for and presented the property to me. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. So i got three questions I ask every guest at the end of the show here. They're my favorite questions of all time. Are you ready all to get All time. Yes. Of all time. For good. All right, Adam. So number one, what is the best investment you've ever made in real estate? Best investment in real estate. Well, I'm going to forego the, the answer that you um, told me that I couldn't say. <laughs> I'm going to say, no, no, no. but yeah, I mean, you recently had another podcaster on here, um, Matt Faircloth, and he talks about the, the investing in himself. I 100% agree. That's my best investment just in me investment general or in real estate, because if I didn't learn, I wouldn't be able to be successful, but I did buy a 10 unit, um, by standing up in a local meetup saying I'm looking for multifamily properties and uh, a realtor knew of an off-market one. It was in foreclosure. It was about to be foreclosed on. I went and looked at it. I was not able to go in any of the units and I gave him a soft price. I said, here's the price that I'm looking at. Um, He liked the price. I mean, it was being foreclosed on. So if it was more than what he owed, I mean, I would like that price. So I went in there ended up closing it. It was a, it took forever to close. There was a lot of complications, but I finally closed on it, put about $125,000 in CapEx in it, was able to get a second loan on the property to pull all of my money out. So my initial down deposit and all my CapEx was able to pull that out. So now I have that property with $0 of my own in there and it cash flows every single month. That is awesome. And to, to clarify uh, the comment there, you know, I, I, for the first, I don't know if I've asked this for every episode, the same question and, and nine out of 10, if not more of highly successful real estate investors give the answer that their best investment is in themselves or in their education. And they do stand by that answer. And I actually, I do agree with that answer. I mean, personally, it's, that's been the best investment so far. However, um, you know, the feedback I've gotten is that 
it's a little bit of a cop out, right? We want to we want to get a little bit more uh, a little bit more detailed, and and I think that's um, that's fair feedback, and it came from a very qualified source. So, uh, well, I, and I agree with you, uh, and that's why I mentioned say in real estate, but. I, and then, you know, as you said, it, I'm like, well, no, it still helped me in real estate, but that should tell your listeners something very important that that is very important to you is to invest in yourself. Don't cheapen out. Don't be like, oh, man, I don't want to spend a thousand dollars or whatever. You know, maybe you want to mentor or coach or something like that. Don't be afraid to spend some good money to really learn now about yourself, but um, real estate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I, I do think it's a valuable answer, absolutely, because there's a genuine answer, and it's it it's true, right? Yeah. It's gonna there's gonna be some sunk cost in there somehow that you're gonna you're gonna need to make up, basically, and it's yep. gonna be related to your education in some way, shape, or form. Um, so it it is a valuable and and valid answer. So uh, I don't know. We'll have to if if any of y'all uh, have any. Uh, any feedback, any listeners out there have any feedback about, uh, about that, uh, either shoot me a message on Facebook if we're fa- Facebook friends or email, uh, team T E A M at passive dot com. Just let me know your thoughts because, uh, I don't know. I, I, I want a little, uh, a little assistance on that, that, that policy on that question. It, it, but, it, uh, it will help speed up your progress. It helps you get past a lot of hurdles. So something that may have taken you six months, to learn, you can learn in one day through education or a good mentor. So don't don't dismiss that because I've learned a lot by spending. I've spent a ton of money in education. I think I calculated um, over the past couple of years. I think I spent about fifty or sixty grand in education. Nice. So um, don't be afraid to spend that money because it will help project you into um, a better future as long as you apply it. I mean, if you ignore it and disregard everything that's said, I mean, <laughs> there's a fool throwing money in a in a well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're going to have another episode coming up with uh, Trevor McGregor, the the real estate success coach, a coach of mine, and and other successful people. We're going to talk about commitment, and if you're getting into any of these education programs, the other half of the formula is commitment. You know, this knowledge is all well and good but you need to be committed and and we'll yeah. be talking about that in the future. But, um, you know, especially a lot of new people with, you know, a couple of nickels to rub together, they can be, it can be tempting to spend a lot of money on educational programs without the commitment to go out there and legitimately, I don't know, I shouldn't say legitimately, but, but actually to take a risk on a property and to, to really dive in. And that, that's what it, that's what matters. Yeah. If you don't have the commitment, don't spend the money. Point blank. Yeah, absolutely. And you're wasting money. <laughs> nice. Great. Uh, we could talk about it all day. So yeah. uh, second second question on the other side of that, what is the worst investment you've ever made? Worst investment um, was a six unit, uh, which is the one I told you I was short, I sold. Um, but that was my worst investment alongside of investing in a partner that I didn't properly vet. So I think the property could have turned out well if I would have had the right partner, but I chose the wrong. I chose to partner with the wrong person on a property that was too far away from me and too small to really manage from afar um, properly. And hmm. I lost a good chunk of money 
Um, I lost more than what I spent in education. So if I would have spent that education before I got in that deal, because I've gotten that deal when I was really new and I didn't know how to properly vet a deal or a partner that I was partnering with. And um, if I would have spent that $50,000 in education, I could have saved myself even more than that by knowing that I shouldn't have done that deal. Wow. We'll have to have you back again sometime to talk about vetting partners because I I, want to ask you about that, but that is a huge, huge topic. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, we don't want to put anybody specifically on blast and, you know, I'd love to, love to get your lessons on that. And uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll talk about that again in the future. Yeah. And then my, my, the third question, my favorite question, what is the most important lesson you've learned in investing? Uh, well, I think I just mentioned it about the um, guy that I did not vet. <laughs> um, I would say the the best advice I can give um, as far as a lesson is trust, but verify. And mm. that would have helped me out with the partner. That would have helped me out with the deal. That would have helped me out with other advice that's been thrown about the the years that I've been doing this is to not take just one person's word for it. Use that as a um, a footnote in your research. Hmm. Okay. Was that Ronald Reagan or Donald Rumsfeld? I think that was Ronald Reagan that said that originally. Trust I'll me be honest with you. I felt like I just came up with that and you're just ruining my glory. <laughs> I don't mean to ruin your glory. I don't <laughs> no, I don't know. Glory. If someone came up with that, I don't remember when I would have heard that, but it sounded really good coming out. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely is very good. It's perfect. Perfect. All right. So Adam, where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing or learn more about how to network or any of that stuff, any of the deals you're doing, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I don't post much on Instagram right now. Uh, LinkedIn. I have a YouTube channel. If you search my name, Adam Beckstead, um, it's a German name. So uh, I don't know. Are you going to post how to spell it on here? I'm sure you will. So people can yeah, yeah, do absolutely. that on there. Uh, my website is Welkin Equity. That's W-E-L-K-I-N equity.com. You can um, check me out there, but I can also um, be glad to, I have a call schedule. If people want to call and hop on the phone with me for a half hour and just chat, um, maybe they feel like I can bring some value to them. Maybe they can bring some value to me. Maybe they want to invest in a future deal with me. Feel free to reach out and I'd be glad to help any of you. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. All the awesome value because, you know, this networking topic is huge and it's something that I personally struggled with at the beginning and, and I still, you know, it still takes a little bit of energy to, to get back in that space. I mean, I'm uh, this weekend, I'm going to uh, a networking event out of state and it's still, you know, it still takes a little bit of winding up to, to yeah. want to get out there. But, you know, once you're going, after you've done it a few times, man, it's it's like butter. It's so easy. And it's a lot of fun. Even if you're somebody with introverted tendencies, I'm going to start saying that, uh, like like the two of us, it's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely possible. Even if you don't, you have this mental model that you can't do it. First, you got to change that mental model. Then you have to just go do it. And and honestly, this is a learn the hard way kind of thing. While we have you, are there any resources, books, or anything like that that have helped you along the way that uh, folks should check out while we've got you? Yeah, there's probably about 100 different books that I could recommend. In fact, um, like me on Facebook because every week I'm recommending a new book. 
either a book I've read or that's in my queue to read that I've had high recommendations on. Um, but man, there's there's way too many to list on here. Um, if you're just getting in real estate, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad books, you can't go wrong with that. But I will say that those are all about mentality and mindset in real estate and not, not going to give you a ton of implementation to get into real estate. So um, check me out on Facebook. I'd be glad to share some books on there. There's a ton of um, places, um, boot camps or networking events, events to go to. If you're starting out, just go local, you know, go local. But I will say you're talking about ramping up to these events. Don't feel bad about ramping down afterwards because sometimes I just got to go take like 30 minute break and just sit in silence and just hear nothing because sometimes the events can be overwhelming and um, over networking, if you will. So don't feel bad. Don't feel like it's the wrong thing when you got to do that because sometimes you got to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I just step away a few minutes. You're not gone too long, but you got to step yeah. away, you recharge and just, I don't know, answer an email and and relax a little bit, have some water or something like that. Yeah. Take Absolutely. a power nap. And, and take, a, yeah, take a power nap. My place is close to this event. So um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, books are very helpful and there's so many very good books out there. And, and, you know, it's unlikely that any particular book on networking or whatever is going to completely revolutionize the way you think about these things. But if you spend 10 or 20 bucks on a book or an audio book, and a few hours of your time reading it and you get just one piece of information that makes you yeah. a percent or 5% or somewhere in there better at networking. That's a huge value over time. Or go to the library so, and rent it for free. I mean, you don't have to absolutely. spend money on it. But to, I mean, books are, I mean, that's a huge way that I got started was reading a lot of books, going online, biggerpockets.com. I spent a lot of time on there doing my initial research. That is a forum that I feel like using the trust but verified is a big thing because there's a lot of people on there that may not really know what they're talking about and they're giving you advice. So trust but verify. Um, but yeah, library, buy some stuff. Um, I mean, I keep my books because I like those books to go back there um, and you know use them as a resource that, oh yeah, that one book, I'll go check that again and um, then it reminds me and some, some of them are just really good. And you had mentioned how to win friends and influence thing. I do think that that's outdated because no one wants to talk on the phone anymore. So maybe they need to add a texting section on there or something like that. How to win friends and influence them via text chapter 17 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Update it. Yeah, yeah. But, but absolutely. A lot of those principles are timeless, but you know, the people get a little annoyed maybe when you repeat their name too much and it takes some subtlety, but it it's a it's a timeless book in many ways uh for an important reason. You know, personally, I, we're all a little bit bit different about reading. I buy my books because my I get my most reading done in the sauna, which just mm. destroys absolutely destroys your book, but I get the reading done and that's the important yeah. part. So that's why I buy my books because they're that way they're mine. I can do what it, with them what I want and I will, yeah. I will read them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, thank you for, for all that today. We got a little yeah. bit there extra at the end and, and that was great. Um, and all the links are going to be in the show notes uh, to everybody out there that tuned in. I hope you're enjoying passive wealth strategies for busy professionals. If you are, please 
subscribe on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. If you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes, be a super huge help. It makes a big difference for us in helping get the word out there. If you know someone in your life, a friend, a, a colleague who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them, bring them into the tribe and, and we'll help grow them, grow their wealth. Thanks for anyway, having me, Taylor. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. And thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week, and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.